morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunday service of Free Community Church. Just last Sunday, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of FCC. So in some countries, that makes us adults, where we can drink, smoke, uh, vote, or something like that. But we know that 20 years, even though it passes by in a flash, we know that the journey ahead of us is still very long. So thank you for all who made the effort to come and join us on site. And for those online, also a very warm welcome. Now let us prepare our hearts with a call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, we gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we worship. Empowered by God's grace, we live. We are community. Embraced by the mystery of God's love for all creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ. Light that shines in every time, every place, and every life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the, day, the issues of the day. Together we strive to live with loving hearts, open minds and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Now let's join the worship team for a time of worshipping together. Thank you. Good morning, church. Let's all rise this morning and once again sing about God's love and grace for us. This morning, before we start worship, I'd like to invite us all to uh, raise your hand. Yeah, like take attendance like that. <laughs> Telling God, I am here. Here I am and I am present. And if you like, you may speak the words with me. My God, you are worthy. My God, you are worthy. My God, here I am. My God, here I am. Today we sing. Today we pray. We surrender, we surrender and we offer ourselves to your glory. Amen. Make me 
Joy is all I have of worth. I break it at your feet, Lord. It's less than you deserve. You're far more beautiful and precious than the old. The sum of my desires and the fullness of my joy. 
Worthy, 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 
let us. Finally, my voice comes up. Let us now come to God in prayer. God, indeed, we give thanks to you. For you call us to be here. We give thanks to you for this space, for this community. But most importantly, for this opportunity to come to you because of your love for us. God, looking at the situation happening around the world, we continue to pray for the wars happening between Russia and Ukraine and the Gaza war between Israel and the Hamas. We know the power of the media using their words to shape our views on these situations. When we click on something, we get pushed more and more of the similar articles and videos in the same vein. When words like terrorists or invaders are used, we build our own images of who is in the right and wrong. Or when the fight is pitted as between two religious groups, instinctively we side with our own. But God, we know that situations are not always black and white. And we know that atrocities have been committed by both parties. God, even though we live in a safe and insulated country, and the news is very well controlled, so that we can even say that, hey, it's none of our business. But we need to be aware that whenever innocent civilian lives are lost, injustice has been committed. We may not be physically able to be of any help, but sticking our head in the sand is also not right. To be able to discern between news, fake news, and misinformation, that is the least that we can do. To know that humanity is one community, not only just our loved ones, our friends, and acquaintances around us that matter. As we learn to build up our awareness of what is going on in the world, may we continue to learn to use this awareness in our daily lives to make a difference in our lives and that of others. God, closer to home, we also continue to pray for wisdom, for the leadership of FCC as we enter into the last stretch of the year. And we will be starting to plan for the year ahead for this church. We know that this community is not made just of the leaders or those who are up front, but it belongs to everyone who shows up faithfully week after week. And we just continue to pray that with one heart, we may be able to discern what you're calling us to do to make a difference in this world. We continue to pray for those among us who are facing difficulties and stress in their lives, whether is it physical due to health issues, mental or emotional due to life circumstances. We know that nothing is too small in your eyes that we cannot come to you with our prayers for you are our caregiver and provider. God, may we learn to be a more faithful disciple of yours so that the world will get better and better because of our presence. In Jesus' most precious name we pray and give thanks. Amen.
Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this Sunday, um, for those of you online and for those of you who are present physically. Um, as usual, for those of you who have been with us for a while, we are using Menti as a form of engage, engaging and building the sermon together. And those of you who are new here, that might be something new for you. Um, we invite you to give it a try um, because as we, um, I think that this, what we do here is to construct and to reflect and to participate as the sermon unfolds so it isn't just me talking to you and you downloading information. So how to do that, you can scan the QR code or go to fcc.li slash menti um, and uh, you, know, you will be channeled to um, the slides online and then there are prompts where I'll be asking questions and you can input your, what you think, um, your answers. Um, there's no wrong answer. Right. Um, there's just your reflections into the um, into the sermon itself, and for those of you who are new, it is um, it is totally anonymous. We can't trace what who wrote what, um, and that is also sometimes why we might have some cheeky um, answers sometimes, which is okay. You know, we embrace everyone. So you join me in prayer, God. May the, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our creator, our sustainer, our provider, you who gave us everything. Amen. So last week, Pauline kicked off this new sermon series called Everyone. And she started by saying, I want to begin this morning being very upfront with you. The objective of today's sermon is not to guilt trip you into feeling more grateful. Likewise, I want to begin this morning by being very upfront to you about today's sermon. It is not, a guilt, it is not to guilt trip you to do anything. It is not to guilt trip you to give more to FCC, to, for you to step up into, to volunteer or to serve. It is an invitation to think about and really give consideration of what giving of ourselves means. I see some new faces uh, in church today, and I want to tell you that, you know, please don't hear this as a demand from us. Um, I think that as we journey, as you come into community, as you journey, you discover your place here, you find a sense of belonging, and this becomes home. And then very naturally, and you know, you'll feel that there's a part that you can play, right? So at some parts of the sermon, you might hear like, oh, you know, this community is demanding a lot. Of course, that might be disproportionate because you might be just a visitor now. But as you continue your journey from a visitor, a stranger, to becoming part of the family, then, you know, that relationship changes, the relationship with this community changes and you know, what, um, our commitment to each other changes, right? As we say, you know, two weeks ago during our, you know, in our, during our anniversary service and inducting new members, membership is about our, you know, as much about your commitment to the community as a community's commitment to you. And that's, I think, something that we want to lift up. So as we start... You know, you might have heard this verse, right, from 2 Corinthians. God loves a cheerful giver. 
And then this from the larger verse, you know, each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not regretfully, not all under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I think guilt-tripping falls under compulsion. Right? Even though it's not forcing you, it is the passive-aggressive way of getting you to do things. Or, and I don't think that it's helpful or it's healthy. Rather, I think it's rather toxic. Pauline quoted Diana Butler Bass last week. And this is from her book. And she says, God's gifts bring forth gratitude. And we express our appreciation by passing gifts on to others. When we share gifts, we become benefactors towards the well-being of all. And ultimately, this new structure is a way of being. Gratitude, then, is not a transaction of debt and duty. Rather, gratitude is a spiritual awareness and a social structure of gift and response. So I want to draw back to how becoming part of community is like, right? As people join this community, it is not a debt or duty that you owe to FCC, right? But it is the awareness of be, be, belonging to this family and knowing what you should be, you know, what you, your role is in this community, right? As part of the family, there is a role that we play and it is, becomes a new structure of gift and response. So I want to ask you this question, warm up for those who are new, uh, very easy, multiple choice. How critical or how important do you think that this spiritual awareness, gratitude, and the social structure of gift and response is to our Christian faith? How important is it to our Christian faith? You know, gratitude, the social structure of gift and response, right? Uh, five of you put central to our faith. Some, you know, it's skewing on that side. And then one says, not important, somewhat, somewhat important, you know. Thank you. Thank you for your responses and your participation to reflect and think. Um, again, I'm not marking answers and go, oh, that's right, no, that's wrong. And I'll offer you my own perspective of um, what gratitude, you know, this spiritual awareness and how this social structure of gift and response, it relates to our faith, Right? Well, 10, 10, 9, okay. Thank you. Thank you for the 34 of you who have participated and, and uh, responded. Now, I want to, if you say that it is important, very important or central to our faith, the um, 32 of you, right? How do you connect? And I'm moving on to the next question. How do you connect then? This gratitude is a spiritual awareness and social structure of gift and response to our faith. Because you say it's important, right? How, how do you make this connection? On what basis do you say it's important? Or, or even more, on what basis do you say that this is central to our faith? And some of you might even get the answer spot on and you know, spoil the entire sermon, but that's fine. And as I said, that someone spoiled the sermon already. Love your neighbor. Fellowship, fellowship with each other. Mm -hmm. How do you connect? Right? Um, financial giving, yes, this one that I mentioned. It keeps the community together. God gave me good things so I can pass it on to others. 
Yes. Also another spoiler. Our response to grace. Yes. We have received the gift of grace through Jesus Christ and our faith is a response. Yes. Right? And I think there are some parts that will not be uh, spoiled because uh, I don't think my question will lead you to think that way. As, you know, count your blessings. Loving others is our response to God in gratitude for God's love for us. Yes! Participating in community, give and receive and be grateful. God gave us blessing. We are a vessel to pass it on to others around us. Faith is not lived out in isolation, but collectively and socially through caring for and giving to one another. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Give thanks. It is good for our souls and our relationships. It helps us to endure when things are being worked out by God too. Supporting others in fellowship. It guides the way of living. For those of you who are online, um, you'll see that I'm trying to read off the screen. Um, yes, I'm trying to read around the, screen, uh, the, the, the cloud um, that guides us by day um, as um, you key in. It guides the way of living. Mm. Thank you. Oh, we give from a place of abundance, not scarcity. Now, this is the reason I ask. Because if we don't make that connection between gratitude and our faith, then we will treat this gratitude and this um, social, new social structure of gift and response uh, as something peripheral, something good to have but not really essential. Um, good but not central. I believe that gratitude is the spiritual awareness, the gratitude as the spiritual awareness and social structure of give a response, this idea is central to our faith. Right? We quote Mark 12.30 quite often. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. I do not doubt a single Christian would argue against what Jesus says is the greatest commandment. There's no way to get around that. Jesus says this is the greatest commandment when he, asked, he was asked what is the greatest commandment. Where we differ, however, is how we love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. How does it look like in action? We sang just now, Here I am, take me. As an offering. How does being an offering look like in action? Some people might think loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is listen to the pastor and don't question. I wish that was the case. It would certainly make my life a whole lot easier. Some people think loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength is to go to church every Sunday. Mm, I think that there's more to that. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? You know, just now you got spoiler already, right? He didn't reply with just one. He gave two. Meaning that the answer to the greatest commandment was two commandments. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. There are no greater commandment than these. Then, the scribe, and sometimes when we hear the scribe, we think it's uh, oh, just someone copying words or what, right? No, this is a teacher of the law. Right? Some translations translate as teacher of the law. This is someone who is respected, knows the law well. 
who asked Jesus a question, he replied, You are right, teacher. You have, you have truly said that God is one, and besides God, there's no other. And to love God with all your heart, with all the understanding, with all the strength, and love your na- one's neighbor as oneself, this is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. More important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And this, this gratitude, a spiritual awareness and social structure of gift and response is how loving God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and loving our neighbour looks like in action. And I'm going to unpack that. I've been repeating that so that it gets ingrained in you because you know, when Pauline shared what Diana Butler Bass wrote, I think that there's the, a lot of things that are underneath that needs to unpack, right? The reality is, we cannot repay God. And God isn't after us for our repayment, right? But rather, God is seeking to transform the world through love. Love that transforms us and allows us to transform the world. That's why Jesus gave two commandments. Because if He just gave one, we would end up defining what loving God looks like according to what works for us and what is easy for us. Hint, coming to church on Sundays is what we define as loving God. And if that's the only thing, I think that we missed the point, right? Jesus points us to loving our neighbour as ourselves. And that is the difficult part. And perhaps like some people, we might ask, who's our neighbour? But I digress. God's love for us brings forth gratitude. And we pass that love and share what we have with others. And that brings forth the well-being of all creation. And that is loving our neighbour. It is not a transaction, right? Love isn't a transaction. Love is unconditional. I want to return back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you know. And Paul writes, the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not regretfully, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, a few verses down in 10 and 11. Now, God who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, these verses are often used to prop up the prosperity gospel. The the prosperity gospel that says, you will be blessed because you give, or you will be, you know, you will receive, uh, what you give will be multiplied. It's like an investment scheme. Right? Uh, you give more, you get more. 
I have issues with that because it reduces our relationship with God down to a transaction or even worse, an investment program. If our relationship with God is a transaction, it is no longer love. So we think about, you know, if people think that God is only good to us when we can sow and give, then I think that's the issue. God loves us, period. It is not based on what we give. It is not based on what we can give or the amount we give. God is not a cosmic investment program. I know that that sells religion very well. I, that also raises money very well. The more you give, the more you get in return. But that is not the way. And that is not the way for this community and this church. I want to say that when we sow, looking at the passage, what we sow, we multiplied, like the, five, the boy with the five loaves and two fishes. But it's not multiplied for us. The point of the multiplication is always directed to others, not to the giver. The bread and the fish were multiplied to feed the multitudes and not to feed the child who offered them up. Those of you who serve are not serving for your own benefit. You are serving because it will be multiplied for the benefit of others. I want to give an example. Like those in the, on the welcome ministry who welcome people at the door. Often, you don't know what you sow. You don't know that welcoming good morning, welcome to LCC, welcome home, does to a newcomer who steps into FCC. Michael and Melvin are members who are based in London and they are here with us um, on you know, one of their trips back to Singapore. They attend FCC physically when they are here and attend virtually when they are home. And they caught up with Shu Ying recently who is part of the welcome ministry and it was Shu Ying who welcomed them the first time they came to FCC, was it 2018? 2018. Looking back five years, you don't know what you, you, know, what you did, the, soul, the seed that you sow, you know, and the little things that you do did for them. Now, five years later, you, know, you get the feedback, right? But more often than not, we don't get that kind of feedback. More often than not, we do not hear of the people who are beneficiaries of the gift that we give. But that's not the point. The point is there is someone who benefited. There's someone who, is, who received something. There's someone that the love that we receive was passed on to someone else. That's the idea. So the idea that we get more in return isn't love. When we give a lot and we receive more, this prosperity gospel isn't love and isn't gratitude. I tell you what it is. It is greed. When we receive gifts and blessings and love and we want more, and so we think, oh, then I give more and I receive more. That's investment, right? That's what everyone wants to do when they invest money in stocks and shares and whatnot. That is greed. It isn't gratitude. It isn't love. We hope that what we 
give, there's more is multiplied, but it's multiplied for someone else. What we have been given, what we have been blessed with, is meant to be given away. When we don't allow God's love to flow through us, and we, we are hoarding. We are re- receiving without paying it forward. It's hoarding. We hang on to things. Our fear, perhaps. Jesus said, says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21, Do not lay up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up your treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we give, it is out of the response of love, response to love from God, and it is what we offer, not storing up. Hoarding stems from fear, a scarcity mindset. Some of you, one of you mentioned that earlier. We need to come from a space, a mindset of abundance, that God loves us abundantly and God will provide. We have a scarcity mindset that there isn't enough when we hoard. And actually, that is a lack of trust and faith in God's provision and love. In Exodus chapter 16, when the Israelites were in a desert, when they're collecting manna, bread from heaven, some Israelites did not follow Moses' instructions. They were told, do not keep the manna until morning. But they did not trust that God will provide the next day. They didn't trust. So they, oh, let's keep more for tomorrow. And what happened? The manna was full of maggots and began to smell. And Moses got angry. This, of course, comes from our experiences in life and how the values of the world shapes us. We are afraid. We're worried tomorrow there will be not enough. We're anxious. And I have to say, some people, and some of you may be in those situations. That's a reality, right? Some people are struggling to make ends meet. But for those of us who are not struggling, we are often still having this anxiety around us that there isn't enough. Because that's how the world shapes us. Shapes us that drives our behaviour, that will keep hoarding. How many sets of clothes do you have at home? How much is enough? You might... I mean, I have enough T-shirts to wear for a whole month and still not need to do laundry. That's how we are conditioned. And I'm learning to give away. I just need enough. Following Jesus means that we have taken on a different set of values. A set of values about trusting, having faith, about not hoarding, about having a mindset of abundance. And I will tell you, even here in FCC, even here in this church, we often take on the values of the world because it's so prevalent. So 
ubiquitous, right? It's everywhere. It permeates everything. We're worried that, you know, we're not... Um, during COVID, we're worried that we will not survive the lockdown. Did we make it? We more than make it. We thought that we were worried because if we're not going to meet in physically, how will church be like? Will there be enough giving to sustain the community? And I tell you, we had never had such stable giving during that period ever. And from then on to this day, we have more stability than we had before. And that's because of your generosity. And that also helped us to think about leaning more in faith, trusting that we are doing the right thing and the rest of the things will follow. In Corinthians, right, in the second Corinthians, we are told you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. It's not meant for you to, to hold on, but meant for you to be more generous. So through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That, that generosity will bless others and they will show thanksgiving to God and they will perpetuate this cycle of gratitude and love and this whole new way of being in the world. The gifts we are given is so that we can be generous. It's from our hearts of gratitude that we share these gifts. So we contribute towards the well-being of all and making the kingdom of God here on earth real. The extent of how God's kingdom manifests on the world depends on what we sow and what we give. If we sow sparingly, then we will also reap sparingly. How much the world is transformed depends on how much we allow God's love to flow through us in our response to God's love. Here, I want to say one thing. Before service, um, I think some of the board members were chatting you know, about our plans for 2024. We have said before that we wanted to move towards worship every Sunday. And it's not the lack of... Um, the worship team is ready, but we've been struggling with volunteers in our community, right? And there are things that we need to balance, right? Some of you may not have the time and the energy to volunteer, but there are other options, when I heard that, I went, well, um, perhaps we can pay for, for someone to come in to do certain roles that are quite critical because managing the soundboard isn't easy. Right? It can be challenging and it can be stressful. But that requires a different kind of giving. Not a giving of time and energy, but a giving of financial resources. But that's an invitation for you to think about how you can contribute to this community. Now that segue back. One of the worship songs we sang today is the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. And I think that it demonstrates the power of giving ourselves and responding to God's love. I want to invite you to listen. Listen like Lexio Divina, 
Listen to the words as I read the prayer to you and let it sink, let it sink in. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. God, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Our response, our gratitude, and giving of ourselves is asking, Lord, make me an instrument. And when we come to experience that the in giving that we receive, that is actually what Pauline quoted from Diana Butler Bass. That gratitude at its deepest and most transformative level is not the warm feelings that, about what we have, but the deep ability to embrace who we are, that we are, that in the multi-billion year history of the universe, each one of us has been born, can love, can grow in awareness, and have a story. Life is the gift. And when that mystery fills our hearts, it overwhelms us and a deep river of emotions flows forth. Feelings that we barely knew we were capable of holding. This transformation, this, the embrace of this gift called life, of this who we are, will enable us to sow love, pardon, faith, hope, light, and joy. This is what we are called. And... What did Jesus say about giving, right? And this is from Mark chapter 12. Oops. Later, they sent some Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity and you aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought him a coin. And he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And then Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. This is a denarius. 
not from the same emperor during Jesus' time, if I'm not wrong. I think one is Octavius, I think. This passage has often been misinterpreted to tell us, let's separate church from politics. The church and the state need to be separate, right? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's and God what's God's. That is a misinterpretation. Jesus pointed out Caesar's image is stepped, stamped on the denarius and said, this, give this to Caesar because that's what Caesar's. But he said, give to God what is God's. What do we give to God? What's God's image stamped on? God's, stem, God's image is stamped on us. We are made in the image of God. So we give to God ourselves. But when you hear giving ourselves, what comes to your mind? How do you connect that? I want to invite you to think about that. What do you hear when you hear giving of ourselves? What comes to mind? Time, faith, sacrificing right letters. Mm, not very sure what you mean. Self-sacrifice, blessing others, give from our sincerity, money, service, service to each other, my life for yours, trust, energy, full commitment, skills, heart, commitment to serve, love, time, effort, service, seems to be big ones. Thank you. Obedience, presence, Thank you. Thank you for not just replying or answering the mentee. For those of you who are a bit shy or hesitant to, you know, participate, I hope that you're also thinking about how does that, what comes to your mind when you ask, give of ourselves. Again, I would say, this is not a guilt trip. It's important that it is not a guilt trip. I'm trying to bring you along so that it is from a different space that we see giving and giving of ourselves. Some of us might connect giving to financial giving to the church. Some of us might connect giving to giving our time, energy and resources. But the question is, how do we give ourselves to God? Giving ourselves to God, or giving of ourselves, is a discipline. It needs to be thought through, carefully, carefully considered, and not just something at the heat of the moment. That's why we often encourage people, you know you're new to FCC, you really want to step out and serve, take your time. Take your time to feel and and grow into this community. Then from that space, it will, you will know 
how to participate, how to give, what to give, requires, it requires careful consideration. And it is not a transaction. It is not that you have to do something for us so that you can belong here. That is the wrong way of doing things. That is not helpful for us because then we see our worth to the community as only based on what we can offer. You don't have to offer anything in this community for us to care about you, for us to love you, for us to walk with you. You just have to be. Then from that love that you receive, you realise there's something that I, else I can do. I have a role to play in this community. I belong here. And then that grows up to be something else. How I see giving of ourselves to God, I look to Jesus as an example. And last week, Pauline talked about the Eucharist as thanksgiving. I see the communion as a means of how we offer ourselves to God. Jesus, in Mark chapter 14, took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them and said, take it, this is my body. We have communion every Sunday to commemorate, to remember. Sometimes, because we do it so often, that we take it for granted. Sometimes it is just, you know, something that we just do, you know, a ritual. But I want to invite you to think and to slow down to the heart of communion. Take, bless, break, and give. Take. Here I am. Take me. We are the offering. How have we allowed God to take us into God's hands, mold us, shape us? And how do we allow, ask God, God, let me be your instrument? Are we aware how God is holding us, taking us, shaping us, inviting us into how we are to bless the world? Bless. Are we aware of the blessings and gifts that God has given us in our lives? The blessings that come in different ways, different shapes and forms. And I can tell you, sometimes we don't even realize something is a blessing. Sometimes, you know, we might see something as, uh, well, the opposite of a blessing is a curse, right? That might be a blessing instead. Sometimes when we go through difficult times and we reach out to someone else and ask for help, the asking for help is a blessing to someone else. And then you go like, what? When I'm in need, I ask for help and then that's a blessing? Because you're demonstrating vulnerability. 
you're, you're allowing someone to love you, you're opening yourself to the channel somehow. It is not just about giving or helping someone. Sometimes it is about receiving. Sometimes we, like Peter, might tell Jesus, mm, you shall not wash my feet. But sometimes it is about being able to sit there and allow Jesus to wash our feet, to accept the love, to know that we are worthy, and to stop thinking that we are unclean. Do you trust in this love? Do you trust in this God who wrapped himself in a towel to wash your feet? That love that's unconditional and not transactional. Do you recognize that love and that blessings and the unique talents, gifts and abilities and resources that God has blessed you with? Do you recognize your worth in God's eyes? And then we break. Are we willing to break and give away what we have been given? And it's not easy. This is sacrifice. There is a cost. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. He knew what the cost was. For most of us, we are probably not called to sacrifice our lives, not like the martyrs of the early church or the martyrs elsewhere in the world. But we are called to give of ourselves in other ways, other ways that will cost us costs us our time, our energy, our resources, our finances. We are invited to give ourselves as we break so that the world is transformed and there's a new way of being. We keep forgetting, right? The early Christians in Acts chapter 2 all who believed were together and all things in, they had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, they, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home, ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. Now, I'm not telling you to sell away all your possessions and give to FCC. No. I believe that the circumstances that they were in and the circumstances we are in today are quite different. Not the same, right? No, don't sell all your belongings and, and, and give to FCC. No, that's not what I'm asking. I want to tell you that this, share with you, and I shared this before, several years ago when I visited um, Open Table MCC in Manila, Reverend Joseph... Um, said this when he was taking up the offering. And he said, and this was quite incredible at the time when I heard it, right? We are not giving to God. And usually when we take up thing, we, we say we are giving to God, right? We're not really giving to God. God doesn't need our gifts. 
What does the creator of the universe and everything in it want from us? We are giving to the community trying to do God's work. The work that God has called us to do. And he was, he's very right. In a way, you can, yes, there is some truth into this is giving to God, but when sometimes people say you are giving to God, it almost feels like a transaction, like guilt-tripping. And I think that we need to be clear, right? Um, I don't want to be like a tele-evangelist who will tell you to donate to this and then you know, you're giving to God and actually it's to his private jet. That's not it. That's not giving to God. You have all contributed to this community. We won't be here celebrating 20 years if not for the generosity of giving of yourselves, of your time, energy, resources, finances to this community. When we consider take, bless, break, and give as a discipline, we need to think about how we break and give of our time, our energy, our resources and finances. It is important that we consider it, that we think about it. Because, and I must say this, right, sometimes we overcommit. We say yes without realising it's beyond our ability and we get burnt out if it's you know, giving our time, energy, or financially, we, it's just beyond us. And sometimes the other side happens, right? We undercommit our fear that we do not have enough, our fear that we do not have enough time, our fear that we do not have enough resources, our fear. But as we practice take, bless, break, and give, we think about how much we break and give away and how much we hold on to. I hope that we are able to be clear about what we're asking when people step up to serve. We hope that we have enough volunteers to step up so that everybody only needs to serve once a month. So with this clarity, pe people can consider this is what I'm able to commit to. So that we don't fear that, oh no, once I commit, then you know, I, I, you know, it, they will ask more and more and more of me. We need to be clear where we are. And here at FCC, we don't often talk about financial giving in the sermon, right? When, during the giving, yes, the service leaders do ask. The service leaders do ask because it is kind of difficult for Pauline or myself to be talking about giving. It feels very self-serving, right? But I want to highlight you know, and share with you what Clarence said Many years ago, during a sermon when we were back in, uh, uh, back in El Junit, I remember this sermon very clearly because he talked about giving. He said, well, FCC does not enforce tithing. That is, giving 10% of income to the church. He said that it is a good yardstick, you know, a good gauge to set aside what we give away. It's consideration. For you, it might not be 10%, Right? For you, if you are in some, some financial circumstances with the ticket of your parents or your children and all that, 10% might be too much. And you need to consider what works for you. And for some people with a lot of resources, 10% is actually, you know, you can push more. 
what he said, and I think that he made a lot of sense, and I agree with Clarence, is that we hope that people set aside the 10%, 5% you give the FCC, and the other 5 you consider, and this is just rough figures, it's not a hard figure, Right? The other half, you consider other charities or individuals or people who may be, or causes that may be in need and worthy of support. That's how we change the world. It's a good yardstick to start off from. You can increase or decrease based on where you are. But this consideration is essential. It is taking up, blessing, breaking, and giving. Right? And I think that this is the part of the discipline that we need to think through and commit. I think that's what many of you have done. You have come to a conclusion, you know, you have thought through it and said, this is what I'll set aside to give to the community. Right. And Gary said this before, I don't know which occasion, and that was quite some time ago as well. Gary will not say this today. And that's where Gary is. But I think that it is... I think he, had sen- he made sense, though I thought that it was rather harsh when it came out. I want to hear, I want to invite you to hear it from a loving place, an authentic place, not as criticism, but an, an, an invitation to examine our hearts. G- Gary said, giving to church, you know, financial giving, is not about tipping God with our loose change. It is not about tipping God with our loose change. It's not like, you know, without thinking through. It is an invitation to think about what resources we are given to steward. And it is not about giving everything away. Setting aside that rough, rough 10% and then giving it away. There are many causes to give to. uh, And I hope that, that we are able to bless people through and not just for us. And I hope that newcomers don't get scared away from for this, right? For the members of this community, this church, this is the kind of commitment we have to each other. And many of you have already done so. And especially those who come from other churches, uh, they have laid the foundation, teaching you the importance of giving to financially to the church. And each of you must have made up your mind not regretfully, and not under compulsion. It's not easy for me to say all of that. As I said, it, is, it comes across self-serving. That's why I have not touched on the, the topic of giving. But these resources empower us to do God's work of love, justice, and peace in the world. How much impact we can have depends on how much we are able to sow. And this applies to our gifts of time and energy as well. As I said, many of you step up to serve and it's a way of giving of ourselves. And it's also important to think how we can give ourselves in this way. Consider what you might have to offer um, in the um, annual power survey that uh, Gary, we are going to announce and send out there's a question of what are the areas that you might be able to serve and offer to FCC. We don't know. We don't know why we don't know, right? We can imagine 
we can only, I don't think, we lack imagination sometimes. We are very limited in seeing what people can offer. But through the years, we have seen people step up to lead ACE programs, to do all sorts of amazing stuff like sketching, um, like making Christmas wreaths that's coming up, different things that people offer for the community. Now, we hope that as, because as you step up, you consider it carefully, then we don't burn people out like what we have been doing in the past. That you don't get burned out because you've considered how much you're able to, to give. And giving ourselves is not just finances or serving in church. It is also about doing what God requires. There's one thing that's weighing very heavily on my heart this couple of weeks. It's been what's happening in Israel and Palestine. These are our siblings our siblings in the people of the book. Christians, Jews, Muslims. Jamie's prayer has touched on that quite a bit. What is happening is evil. It's not easy. I have Jewish friends. I have Muslim friends. I don't know how my Jewish friends will hear what I have to say. And I do not know how my Muslim friends will react. I don't know how if the government feels like I'm stirring things up because I'm talking about other religions. I may get in trouble for wading into a topic that I shouldn't get involved in. It is easier to keep quiet and not talk about it. But that's not what is required of me. That's not how Jesus was either. When confronted by the Pharisees, trying to trap him, he still spoke. He spoke from the truth. I would say, it is not about choosing a side. If there's any side to this war and conflict, the sides are who are the ones suffering and who are the ones who are benefiting. I know people on both sides are dying are suffering. And throughout the years, so many people have been trying to build bridges to bring about a peace. And all the work they have put in just crumbled, just like that. It is so easy for warmongers to stoke our emotions and divide us, to split us into sides, into us and them, into the good guys and bad guys, but really, look who are the... Nobody's clean here. And even when we feel that our own side is not totally right, we hold back from criticizing our own people because we might be seen as traitors or we might make our own side lose moral standing and look bad. So on one side, they cannot criticize Hamas and what they did on 7th of October. And on the other side, they cannot criticize the Israeli government with their military response for their retaliation. But both Hamas and what they are doing militarily are wrong. 
It's evil. Civilians are dying. Innocent people are dying. Hamas is in Palestine. And Israeli government is aren't the Israelis. Who benefits? Who suffers? I don't know. I've watched enough TV shows to realize that sometimes there are some people who are pulling the strings. After the conflict breakout, wow, oil prices went up. Wow, those people selling weapons are having a heyday. Who benefits from this instability? Your guess is as good as mine. But what I know is this. This cycle of violence, war and retaliation will just continue. When the children who survived this grows up, they will only learn to hate the other. And we will repeat. But what we are called to do, we are called to learn war no more. We are called to beat swords to plowshares and hooks no, and spears to pruning hooks. That's the cry of the prophets. The prophets that all the people of the book regard as prophets. We need to break this cycle. Do you think normal people, citizens, no, civilians, anywhere, Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia, want war? Do you think people are born to kill? We are played. Played by those who benefit from the chaos, the violence. Played by people who split us into us and them to divide us into sides. And it's so easy to stoke up emotions of fear and anger and hate. And it's so difficult to build bridges and understanding and shalom. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Make us instruments of peace, peacemakers, where there's hatred, where we can sow love, where there's despair, hope, where there's darkness, light, where there's suffering, healing, where there's war, peace. There's one song I learned when I was an intern in New Spirit Community Church back in Berkeley. It is a song that's in Hebrew and Arabic. It, was, it is by Mosh Ben Ari, an Israeli musician. I've sang this before in church. I've sang this before at an interfaith gathering because that's the only song in Hebrew that I know and I memorized. I don't know Hebrew but that song is so ingrained that I can just sing it. I was singing it this week as I wrote the sermon, as I prayed. The translation of the song is peace will yet come upon us. Peace will yet come upon us and upon everyone. Salam, the Arabic word for peace. Salam. That's where the Malay Salamat comes from. Salam, 
upon us and upon the whole world. Salam, salam. This song is the, an anthem for peace in Israel. It becomes kind of like a folk song. But yet, I think it's this week or this past couple of weeks, it's become quite something else. I want to sing it like a prayer and a cry. O Yavo Chalomanenu, O Yavo Chalomanenu, O Yavo Chalomanenu, Ve Akulam. Salam, Alenu Ve Akoaholam. Salam, Salam. Salam, Alleluia, Koaholam. Salam, Salam. O Yavo Shalomanenu. O Yavo Shalomanenu. O Yavo Shalomanenu. Ve a Salam Amen. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The tables of God feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through this occasion of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A kingdom where all are welcome, all are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered, and the fruit of God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place.
We remember that Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full. And there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman announced, as the woman anointed, anointed, fit with oil. Sorry, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At this meal, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place of love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people like Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and after having given thanks to you, Holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. This time saying, do this to remember me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. I now invite the stewards to come and help to uh, spread the communion.
Has everyone received their communion? Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. God. The kingdom of God persisted and persists today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I now invite everyone to rise as you are willing and able in body or in spirit. Gracious God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may we share in your kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Miak, for the sermon. Indeed, uh, love is not transactional, but love has to be relational. Meaning that if two parties come and expect only one party to forever give and give and give, you know, we may not get back what we give in return, in equal amount or less or more or whatever, but if the other party is non-responsive, then this is no longer love. But a lot of times, though we try to express love in our own ways, it is how the other party that uh, experiences the love that counts, right? So I, I always think of my parents, you know, when they nag at me, and if like maybe with a lot of the LGBTQ community, the parents are worried that their kids will be suffering because we'll lead a very tough life, etc., etc. And all we think is that, you know, my parents don't love me because they don't accept me for what I'm doing or who I am. A lot of times it's like after time, when time has passed and we look back, then we realize that that is how our parents or our partners or whoever loves us expresses their love. So may we learn, I mean, as a community to express our love in a way where love can be received correctly. So I would like to just share a quote on what St. Augustine say. what does love look like? What does love look like? It has the hands to help others. It has the feet to hasten to the poor and needy. It has eyes to see misery and want. It has the ears to hear the sighs, the sighs and sorrows of men. This is what love looks like. So let's hope that, I mean, in our days ahead, we will practice indeed to love one another as 
ourselves and love our neighbours as ourselves. So I'd like to say welcome once again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realise everyone's equal. Uh, for those, I see a few new faces in the crowd, in the congregation. So if you're new to us, please leave us your details at uh, fcc.ly slash welcome. I know sometimes the welcome ministry do ask people, hey, are you new here? Do you mind you know, scanning the QR code and fill out the form? And everybody says, yes, 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 come in and then just ignore and forget about it. But we want to say that we are not a church that will come and spam you and will like, Hey, why you sign up, then next week don't come, then the week after you don't come. We are not a church like that. In fact, I think most of the time it's like, why does this church not contact me? Uh? I think they keep my information for what? Uh? I also don't know. But the idea is that we need your contact information so that at least somebody knew that you once visited us and then when you have a need, you have also someone to reach out to. So do, uh, I do encourage you to fill out the welcome form so that someone uh, among our pastors, among our staff, will reach out to you. And we have a newcomers meeting every, every month. And this, newcomers meeting, this month's newcomers meeting is on the 29th of October. So immediately after service, if you're interested, you may send an email to info at freecomchurch.org uh, to sign up for this newcomers meeting. Next, we'll take up the offering. I do not know why as service leader, I shouldn't feel self-serving when I want to talk about finance and giving because money doesn't come into my pocket. But I'm still uncomfortable talking about finance and giving. But we still want to give thanks to you for you know, whatever amount that you can give. And because of your generosity, FCC managed to survive 20 years and hopefully for the next 20 years to come also. So there's actually two accounts that uh, we collect payment for. Uh, one is for the FCC General Fund and one is for the FCC Building Fund. The good news about the FCC Building Fund is that, fingers crossed that by the end of this year, we will be able to pay off the mortgage of this place and then we think about building project for the next 15 years, but then my last one step at a time. So you may give by pay now by scanning those two QR codes, or you may give with a credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Uh, giving at give.asia will charge a platform fee of 1.5%, and it only goes to the general fund. So now I invite the stewards to come up and take up the offering. For those who would like to give, by putting something into the offering bag, uh, you just need to raise your hands. Thank you. Let us now pray for the offering. God, indeed, we thank you for your unconditional love for all of us. It is difficult for us to fathom because in our lives on earth, we may not know what unconditional love is. But yet, we know that you love us as such. And in a response to your love for us, may we learn to love each other as you have loved us and to give back so that more and more we'll, love, we'll know of your love for them. In Jesus' most precious name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Now is the announcement segment for the service. Uh, we are doing a collection drive of bags and apparels and some electrical appliances for the transgender elderly community. Uh, you may drop your items uh, to church. The ending of the collection drive is... The deadline is actually 29th of October, which is next Sunday. So your items must be of good condition, good and usable condition. Uh, please just give, uh, give it as a gift, not 
treating it as a rubbish bin, you know. So give as a gift. If you have things that you do not need, uh, you're thinking of uh, clearing up and decluttering for the new year already, uh, you, you can consider giving to the collection drive for FCC. Join the production ministry. You know, after listening to Miak's sermon, it's like, I want to guilt trip, I want to guilt trip. Then his sermon come, cannot guilt trip. <sighs> now I have to change approach, you know. Uh, it's like, you know the INTJ and type A personality, the end justi justifies the means. I don't care how, come and volunteer. But we cannot guilt trip you into volunteering. <sighs> so... Let me encourage you and motivate you and that if you would like to have more live worship service starting next year, you know that we need more hands on deck because if not, we are going to burn out. So we need, who do we need? We need more cameramen, camera persons, camera persons. We need more sound persons because if not, uh, if not, we have to, usually for live services, uh, if and when we do not have enough volunteers, we actually have to pay for an external vendor to come. And that actually costs, uh, that actually is part of our budget for every year. So we also need more sound persons on deck and basically we need more volunteers. Lah. So if you are interested in volunteering, please just sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. You do not need to have any technical skills, but really just come and then someone will teach you and then yeah, it will work, it will work somehow. So just come, okay. Next. Oh, I have to see this. Okay. Uh, there's two after-church events coming up. Uh, we are also looking for people because we know that Sunday service is just a short two hours or three hours, depending on how long the sermon is, uh, to, for people to come and come and like, you know, gather together and all those. And that's not enough for people to actually communicate with each other other than your cell group members. So we are actually always looking for volunteers to facilitate after-church events so that we may mingle uh, beyond our cell group members and get to know each other a bit more. So if you have any skills that you think that you can bring to FCC and you think that it's a fun project that people can do together, uh, send an email to info at freecomchurch.org to say that, hey, I'd like to organise this. So we have done quite a lot of food, like we have made kimchi, we have made mooncakes, we have done a lot with... We've done drawings, caricatures. We've done a lot of little things here and there. So if you find that you have skills to do, to teach or to facilitate something, uh, please just send an email to info.freecomchurch.org. Cloud project. Uh, as, as, as you have heard, uh, in the 20th, 20th anniversary service, we are actually going to be here for another 14 years. The lease of this place actually runs out in 2038. So we have been here for... Nine years already almost. So the space set up here was imagined maybe 10 years ago when we were trying to move here. And whether this space, the same setup, can last us for the next 14 years, we are not too sure. So we'd like to invite you to sign up to be part of the cloud project. Let me see how am I supposed to sell this. <laughs> I've got a message, I've got a message. Hang on, hang on. I have got a message to talk about this. Okay. So it's a kick-off workshop to build up a working team that will work together to create a future space of FCC for the next 14 years. So we need your vision to see what you want FCC to be for the next 14 years. If not, it's just going to be ideas of three or four people and then it's just going to like uh, roll over and then after that you come and complain. And you say, no choice lah, during the cloud project you never show up. What? 
So, okay, so if you are interested to be part of this working team that will be involved in the design and the renovation of this space that will last us for the next 14 years, uh, please sign up at scc.ly slash the crowd project. Uh, it will be next Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. here so that we envision, co-create and build one common world for the next 14 years. Next slide. Uh, this FCC 20th anniversary book was launched last Sunday during our 20th anniversary service. We have hard copies available uh, for a donation of $30. If you want uh, to be shipped to you, it's donation of $50. But if you don't want, uh, you can sign up and get all these books from fcc.ly slash fcc20book. But there's also free digital PDFs available for download. So the print is actually limited edition meaning that if there's no demand, this first print is all there is. So it's going to be ultimate, yeah, limited copies. So please uh, do, do uh, purchase a copy if you have the means to do it. Yeah, just purchase. Thank you. So just now we are talking about A's, right? So actually there's two A's coming up in November. It's all about making Christmas gifts. So one will be the crocheting and one is uh, ceramic ornaments. So you can crochet with us on 12th of November. This will be led by Mark, if I'm not wrong. So it's the guy with the nimble fingers. <laughs> so if you like to crochet something and then give us a Christmas gift, you can join on the 12th of November. Or if you like to create clay ornaments on the 19th of November, you can also come and join us on 19th of November. To join all this, all this session is only uh, $8 per session. You can register at info at freecomchurch.org for these two sessions. As mentioned, Pulse Survey, we do a Pulse Survey every year. The reason for this is so that uh, we want to plan ahead for 2024 and your voice matters to us. So we want to know how the church is doing as a whole and how we can also help you grow spiritually. So please complete, help us complete a 10-minute survey at fcc.ly slash pulse2023 by 31st of October. Again, this can be anonymous, but you know, when we receive anonymous feedback, we just say, ah, 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 okay, feedback, feedback. Then when we want to like find out more, we don't know who to reach out to. So if you are open to it, you can actually just leave your names and let us know also. If not, you, just, you can just fill up the survey at fcc.ly slash pulse2023. Lunch Kakis. Lunch Kakis is another initiative of love by the FCC Welcome Team. This is to accompany people who might be new to us or who may not have people to join them for lunch. So today's Lunch Kaki is Daniel and Angela. Wave your hands. Lovingly. Okay. 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 Daniel and Angela will join will be today's lunch cookies. So, yeah. so if you are interested, at the end of the service, walk to the back, join them, talk with them, find out from them more about church. And then, yeah, that's about it. Okay, now I'll invite Pastor Pauline for the last announcement. Thanks, Jimmy. So, to continue the theme of being loving, right? Uh, we have a woman potluck lunch uh, in the beginning of December. So, let me explain why woman. Alright, because uh, quite many years ago, uh, some of the women will remember we were having women retreats. Uh, and then we had a lot of people in our community who said, um, but I'm genderqueer, I'm transgender, I'm non-binary, can I also go for your retreat? Because I would love to go. And so we said, yeah, actually we, we want to be inclusive in every way, right? And so we said, okay, we talked to the team 
Yeah, I remember Kin came up with the idea of woman, right? And she came up, it was just amazing because woman in Chinese, as those of you who understand Chinese, means we. We, you know, and so we call it woman, all right? Potluck lunch. Uh, this is being organized actually by Chua. So I just want to thank her for helping to organize this. Um, right now, you can sign up at fcc.ly slash ace. All right, and you can put your information in there. It's going to be potluck, so you can decide to bring something uh, to share between four to five people. You can order in something as well, and we're going to have uh, lunch together. For the men, you have not been forgotten. Okay, some of you are going to go, but what about the men? Why can't the men go for woman? Right, we love you too. Um, please, just like Chua uh, stepped up to organize it, please, any of you, step up to organize something for the men. Uh, something that y'all can have potluck together or enjoy fellowship together, okay? And the pastors will be very happy to come alongside you and to support you. But we need you to step up, okay, to drive it, right? So remember, you can sign up up there and uh, we'd love to meet you, uh, spend some time with uh, all of us, uh, especially the women, the non-binary, the transgender, anything, right, along the spectrum. Uh, please come join us for this lunch, all right? And so now... Uh, will you rise in body and spirit for the benediction? Loving God, you have given of yourself to us. So generously, so extravagantly, your love, your grace, everything that we need, God, you have provided. And so God, we respond in gratitude by the offering of ourselves. In gratitude, not just in emotion, but God help us to develop an ethic of gratitude in our lives through the way that we offer all of who we are, all that you have given us, all that we are back to you and to the world. And so now go. Go as people who would give of yourself just as God has given God's self to you. And may our God of love go with you now and always. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for service today. And go and may God go with you. God bless you. Amen.